0: If you can take your Bible and turn to Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2, and you're going to need to put a bookmark or something, a piece of paper in here because we're going to come back to this passage a couple times. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit which is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them we too all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of our flesh and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest." But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love, which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ, by the grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and the kindness towards us In Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one can boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Happy Mother's Day. I don't know when Hallmark started this. I'm sure it was a long time ago. So we take it to celebrate the women in our congregation. And I have a little book for all the women in this room. I have enough for many of you, most of you, all of you. It's One Minute Inspirations for Women. You'll like that. Hopefully you'll read that and enjoy that. Also, if you don't get one of those books, I have a table full of books in the gold building. Last week I said there were ten books left. And as soon as those ten books are taken, then I'll take down the table, I'll throw away the rest of the books, and we'll be done. There are still eight books of the must-be-taken list. So, go into the gold building on your way to the car, figure out which is on the table, belong to the list, and take it. It makes an excellent gift. Wrap them up and give it somebody. Or read it yourself. Mothers, you can take two. Anyway, today's Mother's Day. Um, therefore, this sermon has been designed around ladies who have children or grandchildren or great grandchildren. And we came up with some principles from the book of Romans. We're in Romans chapter 6, by the way, that you can learn from. And I've taken the principles in here and applied them to you and how to apply them to your life. Now, if you're not a mother yet, maybe hope to be, maybe want to be, or whatever situation you're in like that, I have another list for you. This will carry weight with you and help you if you happen to be a single or childless mother. Well, if you're single, especially. All you have to do is change the answers I'm going to give to you on the overhead and change it to read something like, uh, The person I want to date and marry is a man who... And then, enter in the answer. So, if you're single, I'm going to give you qualifications that you can look for in a man to marry. By the way, I have seen a lot of Christian girls find some guy, and yes, they don't meet up to the qualifications she has, and she lowers her standards and marries him anyway, Those are the most unhappy marriages around. Or she's already been divorced. So don't lower your standards. Have high standards. Guys, I have nothing for you today. Unless, stop, before you leave. Uh, Unless, unless you happen to have a daughter. Then, if you have a daughter, I got some list or qualifications or characteristics that she needs to be discipled and taught, and the father's the best one to teach it. Now, if you're a single guy, then uh, the qualifications I'm going to list, you need to be working on in your life in order to be the man of God that the woman of your life will eventually want to meet and want to marry. Now, I think that's hit most everybody in the room. So nobody can leave. (laughs) Uh, Here we go. In our study, in chapter 6, we have found things talking about sanctification. Let me give you my definition of sanctification again. By the end of our chapter study in chapter 6, 7, and 8 of Romans, you'll have an own dip, your own definition. So, sanctification is positionally accomplished once for all at the moment of salvation. Once you are saved, you are sanctified. You are set apart. But, It also begins a believer's lifelong process of cleaning out sinful actions and changing their actions towards holiness so that the believer can reflect the character of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Leviticus 11.44 says, For I am the Lord your God, consecrate yourself, therefore be holy, for I am holy. God wants you to be holy in your life, and that's the work of sanctification. It helps you over steps, over years, over months, to get more holy in your walk. Turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. You should have a marker there in chapter 2. It's one page back. Ephesians chapter 1. We could read the entire first chapter, but we're not going to do that. We don't have time. I want you to look at verse 4. Verse 4, Ephesians chapter 1. Notice what it says. Just as He, that's that's talking about God the Father, chose us, that's believers, in Him, that's Jesus Christ. Okay? So, God the Father chose you. Uh, Ephesians talks about how he chose you before the world was created. So there's nothing you did. God chose you and you became a believer. You became sanctified. You then were chosen for a reason before the foundation of the world that we would be, what's the word? Holy. Holy and blameless before him in love. Now, The reason God chose you before the foundation of the world was so that you would be holy and blameless. He does it positionally. You are set apart in Christ. You are holy. But in a practical way, in your spiritual walk, while you're alive on this planet, he is trying to make you more holy and blameless. Holy and blameless. At the time of your election... He wants to start a process of making you holy. He wants you to be more holy this year than you were last year. He wants you to be holy more this month than last month. He wants you to be holy more this week than last week. He wants you in a process of growing in your holiness. He brings in trials, temptations, and events in your life so you will be more holy. You may get a flat going home this afternoon, trying to get home. You may get a flat just so God sees how you react in a holy and a blameless way. Or he may do a number of things in your life this week to see how you're doing. You should be more holy than you were last week. He wants you to be blameless and holy. Holy. When he chose you, it comes with responsibility to be more holy, more blameless. Before your salvation, you were unholy and blameworthy. Now, when you're saved, you want to be more holy and blameless. These are sacrificial terms, they come from the Old Testament, they come from the Lamb and the goat and the bull that's sacrificed on the altar of God. He wants you to be holy and blameless. Blameless means to be without a blemish or a spot. He wants you to be free from sin and free from the power of death. When a believer is in Christ, we are given an unblemished and spotless nature He wants you to be holy. He wants you to be holy. Turn to Romans chapter 6. Keep the marker in Ephesians 1. We'll be coming back. Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. Verse 8. Romans chapter 6, verse 8. Verse 8 and verse 11 are written to us. Verse 9 and 10 are written talking about the example of Jesus Christ. But still, they're going to apply to us. Here we go. Romans chapter 6, verse 8. Notice the first part. Now, we, now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with Him. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. How can a Christian woman grow in her sanctification over the next year? How can she become more sanctified? How can she become more sanctified? Here we go. Eight reasons. First one, a Christian woman is to be unified with the holiness of Jesus Christ. To be unified with the holiness of Jesus Christ. If you have died with Christ, in other words, if you've been saved with Christ, if you've been saved with Christ, you are to be experiencing unified with the holiness of Jesus Christ. Jesus lived a life free from sin. And every once in a while, you'll read a book or a movie that talks about how Jesus was very sinful, did a lot of sinful things, and that cannot be true. Because if it's true, then you have no Savior and you have no hope. Jesus had to be perfectly free from sin. Now, I can't imagine that. I can't imagine going an hour without sinning. But you have to have the understanding that Jesus Christ lived a life free from sin. Why? So that He could be the sacrifice for sin. So that you could believe in His death And you could be holy and blameless because of his work on the cross. So, now if, notice the beginning there. uh, That's usually how the English translation goes. It probably would be better if it says since. It's talking about a condition since we have died. Since we have been saved with Jesus Christ, we have been unified with him since we have been saved by faith, imputed all the spiritual blessings that come with salvation so that we can grow in our sanctification, so we can grow in our holiness, grow in our blamelessness. We have died. We have died to sin. We have died to the power of death. We have died. We are free from the sin that was our master before we were saved with Christ a relationship with Christ does not mean a free license to sin if we are united with Christ with we are united with Christ we are holy because of our relationship with Jesus Christ and if you're a Christian woman you want to increase that unity you have with Jesus Christ you want to increase that unity you have with the holiness of Jesus Christ. Second, verse 8. Notice a phrase very much in the middle. If we have died with Christ, we believe. Stop there. We believe. Number two, a Christian woman is to grow in her spiritual absolutes. Her spiritual absolutes. Now, this is very interesting. First off, the term belief uh, pastuo is the one we've looked at a number of times. Usually we find it eras tense, talking about in the past when you were saved, you believed when you were saved. Here though it's in present tense. It means every day you are to believe. And I think that's talking about how you and I are to believe in the biblical doctrine that we believe, that we call the Word of God, we call the Bible, the truths we believe, we hold to as dear and absolute. So, if you are a Christian woman, if you've been saved, there are certain absolutes that you believe. Now, this belief that you have in absolutes may be different from person to person, in other words, if you just were saved last month, what would you believe? Well, you would believe the gospel message. You would believe maybe faith and repentance. And that'd probably be the extent of your belief. Now, if you're, you're a pastor like me, you would probably have a lot more absolutes that you would believe. Because you're studying and work and coming up with what the Bible says and how you believe. Which, by the way is why you need to be involved in our yearly read-through-the-bible program, so that you learn more about the Bible and what you believe and how it works together. And sometimes our views change because of our teaching and our learning, and we grow, and we learn more of the absolutes that are presented in Scripture. We believe carries the idea of trusting or relying upon present tense. We keep on believing it's not a wish, but a trust in the facts that Jesus died and lives because of the resurrection and lives. One pastor puts it this way. Faith is total surrender to the ability and willingness of God to carry out his promises, to carry out his promises We believe the promises of the Word of God. We believe it. We hold to them. They're absolute and they're true. Biblical faith can only have one object of trust. If you have more than one object of trust, you don't have biblical faith. You cannot trust two different views. The Bible says there is only six ways to heaven. Is that what it says? No. It says there's one way. I didn't say it. God said it. There's one way. And that way is through His Son, Jesus Christ. So, we believe in absolutes. We believe in the truth that the Bible teaches We believe in one thing. And that one thing we believe in, that faith we have, changes our lives in relationship to sin and death. There's a big difference. Third, look at the end of verse 8. Now we have died with Christ. If we have died with Christ, since we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with Him. We shall also live with Him. Third thing a Christian woman needs to do is grow in the spiritual knowledge and holiness of Jesus Christ. A Christian woman is to grow in the spiritual knowledge and holiness of Jesus Christ. We are to live. We are to live with Him. We are to live. Future tense, point 12, completion of the progressive sanctification, point in time, In the future, where we will know everything about God, everything about Jesus Christ, everything about the Holy Spirit, but now we are growing. We are living with Him. Our earthly life is directly connected to the resurrection life of Jesus Christ, and we are walking in newness of life, and we are getting to know Jesus Christ better and better and better. Now, let's pretend you want to be my friend. Let's just pretend you want to be my friend. And if you came and you spent 1 hour with me every week, let's say between 10:30 and 11:45. Okay? You're with me, how well would you get to know me? Well, you would know a little bit about me, right? Let's say you came one hour in the morning on Sunday. Let's say one hour in the evening on Sunday night. Let's say one hour on Wednesday night. Let's say one other hour, let's say Saturday night. And then how well would you know me? Well, better, but not as well as you could. What's the verse say? We are to live with Jesus. We are to live with God. We are to get to know Him better. And the more we get to know Him each and every day, you are to live with Him and be with Him and grow in your knowledge of Him. And as you grow in your knowledge of Him, guess what you're growing in? Your sanctification. You are growing in your holiness. You're growing in your blamelessness. You are getting to know God better. And the more time you spend, the better you get to know your Savior. And we shall also live with Him. Live with Jesus Christ. You get to know Him by spending time. It's a sad thing when you spend time preaching every Sunday and then you realize after years of preaching to a certain person that a certain event happens in their life and they are shattered. They don't know Jesus because they think Spending an hour a week is good enough to know Him. And it's not. You have to spend time with Him each and every day. You have to talk to Him. You have to listen to Him. By the way, let's make sure we're understanding each other. You talk to Him by praying. You listen to Him, how? By studying your Bible. And the more you get to know him, the more you'll be like Jesus Christ. Verse 9. Verse 9 begins, verse 9 and 10 begin an example of how you can be like Jesus Christ. Like Jesus Christ. Verse 9 and 10 talks about Jesus Christ. Let's look at verse 9. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again, death is no longer a master over him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. Death no longer is master over him. How can a Christian woman grow in her sanctification this year? Number four, a Christian woman is to be dedicated to holiness. Dedicated to holiness. How dedicated are you supposed to be? You're supposed to be just as dedicated as Jesus Christ. The standard is high. You are to be holy like Jesus Christ. You are to know that Jesus Christ, having been raised from the dead, is to never die again. Death no longer is master over Him. You have to know. You have to know your biblical doctrine. You have to know what the Bible teaches. You have to know what Romans teaches. You have to know that Jesus, having been raised from the dead, Having been raised, the resurrection makes him, makes a huge part of the redemption work of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And by faith, you spiritually have been risen from the dead. Spiritually, you have followed His example and been risen from the dead. Because of the resurrection sin has no power over Jesus Christ and has no power over you. Those of you who have been saved. Dying and raising point to time events, positional sanctification. And then practically, you are growing in your walk with Jesus Christ. He has a different relationship with death and sin. And you, being saved by the work of Jesus Christ, have a different relationship with sin and death. Keep your finger in Romans 6. Turn to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Don't get tired of me yet. We're still just beginning here. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. <clears throat> 14 and 15. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verses 14 and 15. You're going to like this. It'll be worth your turning to because you're going to highlight it. You're going to put a little happy face in the column. You're going to put a star. Here it comes. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 14. For the love of Christ controls us. I like that. The love of Christ controls us. Having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. Get this. Because of Jesus Christ dying on the cross, we spiritually, in relationship to Him, when we accept the gospel, we together with Him, that cross. Let's keep reading. Died for all, therefore all died. Verse 15, and he died for all so that they who live might no longer live for themselves. Get that? You don't live for yourself anymore because Jesus died for you and you died with Jesus and you live no longer for yourself but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. Woo! You, (laughs) because of your... Uh, belief, your, your faith in salvation, your repentance of sin, you, you applied yourself to the promises of God. You and that relationship were saved. And by being saved, you spiritually were put to death on that cross like Jesus who died. And you died with him. And therefore, you do not live for yourself. <laughs> ah! This week, You cannot do anything for yourself. Why? Because Jesus Christ died on your behalf. And you place your faith in his death on your behalf. Therefore, you have nothing to do to please yourself. (laughs) Okay. Monday, I'm going to go golfing. I have fun golfing. I like getting a stick out and hitting a little white ball. I like it. Okay, it makes me smile and be happy. But I can't do it for myself. So it has to be some other reason that God allows me to go golfing tomorrow. Maybe it might be the guys I meet up with. It may be the only time those guys I meet with tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock... The only time they meet with a pastor, forget that, the only time they meet with a Christian might be at the golf course. So I have a reason to go to the golf course to be with them so that I can talk to them and minister to them. And by the way, anything you do tomorrow, you don't do for yourself. You do it, what's the verse say? No longer to live for yourself, but for Him, for Jesus Christ, who died and rose again on their behalf. You do it to please Jesus Christ. Your life is completely different. You're dedicated to holiness like Jesus Christ. You dedicated your life to Him because everything you do from now on is to please Him. Why? Because death is no longer a master over you. Go back to Romans 6. Death is no longer a master over you. You're no longer under the control of the leadership of sin and death. Death is no longer the the master. Sin and death has been replaced by holiness and Jesus Christ. You want to do what will make you more holy and will do whatever Jesus wants you to do because you want to live for Him. So, what number are we on? Five. Here we go. Verse 10. For the death He died, He died once for all, but the life that He lives, He lives to God. How can a Christian woman grow in her sanctification in this next year? Number five. A Christian woman is to be dedicated to to saving the lost like Jesus Christ. A Christian woman is to be dedicated to saving the lost like Jesus Christ was dedicated to saving the lost. For the death He died. He died once for all. Why did He die? He died on the cross so that people would be saved. Therefore, when we meet people on the golf course or the workplace tomorrow who have no relationship with Jesus Christ, one of the goals we want to happen is for them to know the good news of Jesus Christ and pray and pray and pray that they will accept the good news of Jesus Christ. Christian woman is to be dedicated to saving the lost like Jesus Christ is. of past event with a continual demonstration of God's love for you and for everyone else. Jesus died to the penalty of sin, taking upon himself the sins of the whole world. Jesus took the wrath that mankind deserved on the cross so that we can share the good news that there is a way of escape from the death you deserve. Once for all, the work of Jesus Christ pays the penalty and takes over the power of sin. By faith, the believer can be free from the penalty of sin and the power of sin. And you get to tell people the good news to be free from sin and death. Middle of verse 10. But the life he lives, he lives. But the life he lives, he lives from God. How can a Christian woman grow in her sanctification this next year? Number six, a Christian woman is to be dedicated to the worshiping of God the Father. A Christian woman is to be dedicated to the worshiping of God the Father just like Jesus Christ was. A Christian woman is to be dedicated to worshiping God the Father just like Jesus Christ did. He lives. The resurrection life is what we call eternal life. He lives no longer to die again. Spiritually, we are involved in that eternal life now. One day we'll experience it in reality, in heaven. Jesus' resurrection, glorified life, now lives to God. He is in heaven and he's living completely and fully for God. We one day will be in heaven and live completely fully for God. We will worship him. And by the way, when we use the word worship, we use it in the New Testament way that it's an action that serves God. An action that serves God. Many times when we talk about church, we talk about worship. I do that myself, okay? I say, I can't wait till worship time on Sunday. But it's really not when we worship. Worship time on Sunday between 10.30 and 11.45 or 7 or whenever, we are praising God and studying His Word. We worship God. Guess what when we worship God? Guess, 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 guess. Yes, tomorrow morning when we're out golfing. With six, eight other non-Christian guys. Hmm. That's when we worship. We are doing something to worship God. By the way, what happens on the golf course when I hit one into the water? Come on, come on. No, no. None of that. What can I not do? I cannot act like my non-Christian friends. Why? Because I'm there... To please Jesus Christ. I'm there to give more evidence of a sanctified life. I'm to give more evidence of a holy and blameless life. Guess what would happen to me and my testimony if I was to spew out words that would shock you? I'd ruin my testimony, wouldn't I? So I have to deal with things differently. Why? Because I'm sanctified. I have Jesus Christ as my master, not sin. I have to live differently. Number six, a Christian woman has to be dedicated to worshiping God the Father, just like Jesus Christ. Believers have a purpose for living. Once you're saved, your purpose is to worship God the Father. He lives to God the Father. Live there is talking about uh, living in action and a worship to God. We are to live for God tomorrow. The believer lives to the holy standard that God has taught us in His Word. God is holy. Leviticus 19. God is holy. And He wants us to be holy. High doctrine of Christ, His death, corresponds to the high obligation of worshiping God. His death, Saves us all. His resurrection gives us an opportunity to worship God the Father. We want to worship God the Father. Verse 11. Even so, consider yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Even so, consider yourself dead to sin. now he starts back to talking about us. He's done talking about Jesus Christ. So now we apply it straight to ourselves. Matter of fact, he makes sure that we understand it. Because he gives us the first verb with the imperative, we are commanded to do something. Even so, consider yourself to be dead to sin. Seven, how can a Christian woman grow in her sanctification this year? Number seven, a Christian woman is to grow daily in her victory over sin. Sin is defeated, there's no competition. You have nothing there for you. You used to live for it, but not anymore. You are now dead to sin. The power of sin is not over you. You're not going to fall to any temptation to sin because you have the Holy Spirit within you and you have power over sin. Notice the verb, consider. Even so, consider yourselves. Consider. Consider is a mathematical term. To count or number something, to count or number something. This will be good for your accountants. Imperative present tense: You are to continually count something. You're to come up with the solution. You're to figure out if it's division, multiplication, subtraction, or whatever it is. And you figure out the problem and you figure out the solution. You know the problem and you know the solution. The problem is what sin. The solution to the problem is what? Jesus Christ. So, you know the problem. You know the solution. You settle on the facts. And you are then on the way of sharing the gospel message so that somebody can be sanctified and holy and blameless. You settle the facts that you are dead to sin. Philippians 4.8 Philippians 4.8, you should have this memorized. Philippians 4.8, if you don't have it memorized, turn fast. Philippians 4.8, finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there's any excellency, if there's anything worthy of praise, dwell on. By the way, that's the same word as consider in Romans. Dwell on. You're to consider. You're to look and see how it adds up. You add these things up. The believers should take into account the spiritual truth of God's word and grow in your sanctification. Philippians 4 is how you're supposed to live tomorrow on the golf course or at work or wherever you do tomorrow. The grocery store. You are to live differently because of your relationship with sin and death has changed. You're to grow in your sanctification, to be dead to sin. Salvation doesn't add something to your life. It transforms your relationship with sin and death. You are a new person being saved. Believers, by the power of the Holy Spirit, must not allow sin to control them. Here we go, number 8. The end of verse 11. Romans 6, 11, Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Alive to God in Christ Jesus. How can a Christian woman grow in her sanctification this year? Number 8. A Christian woman is to grow in her relationship with God the Father. You grow in your relationship with God the Father, you will grow in your sanctification. If you grow in your relationship with God the Father, all seven other principles will be easily done. You are to be doing all eight. And number eight seems to be key. You're to grow in your relationship with God the Father. You're alive to God. Why? Because you the work of Jesus Christ. Alive to God. Christian living is not a process of seeking to be more holy each and every day, but you're trying to be closer to God each and every day. You want to be like God. Believer's spiritual resurrection glorifies God. You want to glorify God. This life can never be affected by death or sin if you're a believer in Jesus Christ. You want to live... For Jesus. You want to live for Jesus. Now, if you're a Christian woman, you're a Christian mother, you want to have those principles in your life so you have an effect on your kids and grandkids and great-grandkids and great-great-grandkids. Okay? That's what you want to do. If you're a young lady, you're not married, uh, you haven't had kids yet, you want to have a relationship like that. You want to see those characters in your life. If you're not married, you want to find a man who lives like that. And if you find a man like that, marry him right away. Because there are few and far between in this world. Then, if you are a father of a daughter, this is your goal for your daughter. You want her to be a woman like this. And single guys, you will want a wife someday. Believe me, you will. You think not now. You believe me, you will. One day you will. And you will want her like this. The best way to find a woman like this is to be a man of God like this. Turn to Ephesians chapter 2. I told you we'd get to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 1, at the beginning of this uh, short little dialogue. Now, Ephesians chapter 2, at the end of our dialogue. Ephesians chapter 2. Drop down to verse 5. We're going to cover two verses. We're going to come out with four things here that will change your life. Ephesians 5 even when we were dead in our transgressions, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. God the Father is the life giver. Salvation will give you life. You will have life. Believers are the only ones that have life. You come to life because you're connected to Jesus Christ. Your sanctification is line. You want to grow in your You want a life, a spiritual life, that connects you to the living God. That living connection is Jesus Christ. You want to know Jesus because you want to know God. You want to be like Jesus because you want to be like God. You want to grow in your holiness and your blamelessness. The end of verse 5. By grace you have been saved. God is the giver of grace. God is the giver of grace. Grace. By grace you have been saved. Perfect tense. Saved. Perfect tense. Passive, by the way. You are saved by God's work. You are saved. Salvation comes because it's the work of God. Passive. Verse 6. And raised us with Him. And raised us with Him. God is the power giver. The believer is no longer in the presence of sin and death. He is now alive and raised up with Jesus Christ. You are not of this world. You are a different world. You are raised with Christ. He, by being in a different world, you live by different rules and you live differently. You are different. Into verse 6. And seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Christ is sitting in heaven. And when you are saved, you get from God (laughs) the seat giver. He gives you a seat in heaven with Christ in the heavenlies. The believer derives every spiritual blessing from the heavenlies. Because you're seated in heaven, you have spiritual blessings. And because of that, you grow in your sanctification of being holy and sanctified you have no desire <laughs> sin does nothing to help you in spiritual blessings it does nothing good for you there's no desire there's there no temptation there there's nothing because you know where you're sitting and you are saved because of God's grace and his goodness and his work in your life therefore here we go. <clears throat> See that? That is a picture of the Sea of Galilee. That is the sunrise in the Sea of Galilee. That is uh, looking towards Tiberias. Okay? You are looking at a sunrise picture. You know the good thing about sunrises? It means the day is just beginning. Look at that sunrise. Your day is just beginning. Right now. Your day is beginning. God wants you to live a holy and blameless life today. And it begins right now. So, will I be a person God wants me to be, growing in holiness, knowledge, evangelism, worship, in my relationship with God the Father? Will I be the person God wants me to be, growing in holiness, knowledge, evangelism, worship, and in my relationship with God the Father? Will I grow? August 16, 1987. Long time ago. 1987. Before you were born. 1987. August 16. Northwest Airlines was flying out of Detroit. Northwest Airlines had a problem with the plane. The, whatever it was, The plane, instead of going up, went down. 155 people died on that plane. 155 people died. The plane came down and ran into a number of people that were driving along. The plane had one person that survived. Cecilia. Cecilia survived. Cecilia was a four-year-old little girl from Tempe, Arizona. When the emergency people got there, they thought she was a person that came from one of the automobiles on the ground. But later they found out she was listed as a passenger on the plane. She was flying with her mother. They found out after talking to Cecilia Cecilia and trying to find out what's going on, her mother, when the plane was unbuckled her seatbelt, got down on her knees in front of her daughter, wrapped her arms around the body of her daughter, and held on, and held on, and held on, held on, and she survived. Because of her love by her mother. Now, that's a great story and really doesn't change your life. But remember that Jesus Christ went to a cross, took upon himself the sins of the world so that you could be saved. Now, saved, that's worse, <laughs> being saved from an eternity apart from God. Saved by an act of Jesus Christ. Justified by the work of God the Father. So that you could have a relationship with God forever. Which is better than being saved from a plane crash. Jesus Christ did the work to save you. So, follow his example be sanctified, be holy and blameless this week in whatever you do, seeking to be like Jesus, seeking seeking to tell others how to be like Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank You for this time in Your Word. Pray, Father, that You help us to be like Jesus Christ, not only holy and blameless. Help us, Father, to beat off the temptation to sin, Help us, Father, to confess it when we do sin. Pray, Father, we repent of our sins. And then, Father, I ask that we would tell people that we meet this week that need to know Jesus Christ, the power of forgiveness that comes from God the Father. Pray, Father, you would be with us, that you would give us the strength through the power of the Holy Spirit to accomplish things that you want us to do, having the divine appointments that you want us to have. Help us to say the words you want us to say that will get somebody interested in having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for all the things you will do this week in our lives. I pray, Father, that we be found faithful and obedient and saying the words that will bring you glory and honor. As we live out a life following the actions of holiness and blamelessness. As we work out our sanctification by the power of God the Father. Thank you, Father, for all you do for us. All glory goes to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.